Dear Shooter, do you have a piece of gear that you find invaluable? Is there something that you always make sure you have to have with you every time you go to the range? You know, teddy bear, binky, whatever. What is your lucky charm? You are not safe, and you are not sacred, and you're both liars. Built for comfort, not for speed. Yeah, that's uh, actually on my online profile. If you read it. Yeah. Yeah, farmers yeah, only. Yeah, farmers only. Built for comfort, not for speed. More of a Husqvarna than a Harley. I can hide one under there. Why not? I don't want to know. This is your shooter. So it's going to be everything clean. Yeah, no, that's what it is. I'm trying to help the listeners out here. Some of them are going, fucking what? What? That's a dead <laughs> life moment. <laughs> well, when you do a fact, there was no question there. Oh, Nobody right. even, yeah, but I didn't even get agreement. You guys are all staring at me like I have a third hey. eye. Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. Deer Shooter is brought to you by Wyotech, empowerment through self-reliance, and by Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. And we're finally back. We've got the crew back assembled i think everybody is somewhat healthy now um everybody's at least upright it's not been a good run pneumonia's not for pussies <laughs> drugs heavy heavy drugs i'm on them I'm dude on them all. you just have a man cold shut the hell up that very well may be the case <laughs> i am the worst patient on the planet and i know this well i think that's just men in general um we're 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 joined tonight by actually one of our our neighbors, Colleen Mormon. Uh, you can say hi. Hello. <laughs> we uh, we brought her in for plucky comic relief because, oh my God, she's had us in stitches in, for like the last hour. But today we're talking about what do you take to the range? Like what's your critical piece of kit that you always take with you because you're lost without it? Are we talking just a, a standard range trip, or what are we talking about? Whenever. There's there's things that I make sure if I have a gun in my hand, I am not without it. Ear Pro. Okay. Number one top of the list. I, I'd like to be able to hear later. Even when you're hunting. Suppressed. See, that's not a typical range trip. That's the trick question. <laughs> uh, it sucks to get that turned around on you, doesn't it? Yeah, that sucked a little bit. Um Number one, in hunting a field, we're talking suppressed like I typically run. Um, I'll be honest with you that I'm that hunting diva that takes my cell phone with me because it is my camera. I kind of like to take ammo, I'm just going to say. Well, I've always got ammo. That's a given. We were asking about what you take every time. Yeah. Were you not listening? Oh, wow. It's going to be one of those nights. All right. <laughs> so if we're going to go there, I mean, you know, good thermal boxers is a good start. Do those have pockets? Oh, God. Here no, we go again. No, it's more of a, a, a an access point. It's not a pocket. Like they call it the pouch. That's for the, you know, accidental itchies, rearranging. No, that's so I don't have to induce six layers of clothing to pee. He has a point. Just wear depends. Suck it up. That's Gross. just what I was gonna say. You know they do. They're like, hmm. that's not nice. So let's bring this back on topic a little bit. Okay. My absolute indispensable 
is my fix-it sticks. Your toolkit is yes. your number one go-to before you head out anywhere is your toolkit. I make damn sure I have it with me. Well, that's a good thing to have with you. But, I mean, is that top of your list? Is that what we're talking about here? That, that, that's one of, yeah. So in top ten, it's definitely there. It, it's probably top five. All right. Fix-it sticks. Interesting. So, I mean, back to being made fun of, yes, ammunition's a thing you take, right? Um, if you've cleaned your rifle, whatever, make sure the bolt's in the gun. We've seen it happen. Um, outside that, um, I take optics. I want to be able to see what I'm doing from where I'm at. So, binoculars, spot and scope. Like, I mean, do you have readily access to those, or... I know a guy that'll <laughs> let me access the back of his van. You know, and, and we actually talked about this in, in another podcast. You, I, I have built a Glock out of spare parts out of a trunk. It depends on whose trunk you're in, but yeah. It was one of the Glock guys, so... I mean, that's fair. I mean, I kind of assumed he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to answer your question, yes, I, I know a guy that I have access to. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so... My my toolkit, my med kit. Oh, yeah. I always have a med kit in the truck. It's attached to the headrest. So I, I almost take that for granted, but you're right. Med kit, check. What about, a, what about a rear bag? I don't always take a rear bag with me. So if we're talking hunting, I usually don't. Range session, sure. Um, but the shooting shack has all that stuff. I usually don't consider it a, a throw in the truck and go. So... It's not top ten list, but a backbag's not. Now, you talked about your cell phone. Yes. Your ballistic calculator's on there, isn't it? It is. And if I have a brain fart and need to recalculate something, um, it's handy to have in your pocket. Now, I'm kind of curious from someone who doesn't live and breathe the shooting world. If you're going out sighting a rifle to go hunt, what are you taking with you? What's something that you absolutely make sure you have? Besides the obvious. Well, what's the obvious? Your gun. Okay. Ammo. Okay. Targets. Yep. Ear protection. Ear pro. Ear pro. How about eye pro? She's trying to be really good right now, but we all know that she takes beer. Well, don't we all? That's just like, duh. Oh, back to the obvious. My bad. I, I make sure there's always aiming fluid in my range bag. But, yeah, it, it, there's a standard list of gear. And it, I'll be quite honest with you. Every shooting adventure that I go on is a slight bit different. There's a core set. You know, you, you got to have the tools, what you're doing. you got to have the ammunition that you're going with. I take my phone because, yeah, it has my calculator and my camera on it in case I do something that's worthy of taking a picture of. It's rare, but it happens. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. No, I'm actually quite sure about that. You tease me about my photos all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to drill down on. Like, what what is that core? Let, let's talk about that top ten, that top five. What are the things, okay, your firearm, obvious, ammunition, obvious. But beyond that, you know, eye pro, ear pro. What are you taking? What are you taking when you go to a training session? Well, you got to you got to take your targets. Um, at least know that the range you're going to is going to have them available for you. If you don't take them, 
um, a cooler full of a beverage, and I'm not talking about beer necessarily, but it would be handy to hydrate in some of the summertime shooting. Absolutely. Um, sunscreen's not a bad plan. Some of those are getting a little bit hair challenged on top, and that that's a that's a thing. Oh, bug spray. Definitely. Depends on where I'm at. Bug spray is a good idea. Yeah. Definitely. What else? Comfortable shoes. Thank you so much. I had a student that came up to me. um, Appropriate shoes. Appropriate shoes. Range appropriate clothing or hunting appropriate clothing. She had really shiny flip-flops, though. Yeah. They were pretty. I think she ended up wearing slippers. That's what we made her wear. <laughs> she also wore a V-neck T-shirt and uh, short shorts. Oh. She was dressed to be cute, not to go shooting. Right. What's the most ridiculous piece of gear that you have seen out on a range? Knee pads. Knee pads. Interesting. Were you wearing them? I was not. But it, interestingly enough, they, I mean, th- these dudes, they climbed out of a, a rental car. And elbow pads, knee pads, um, tactical, Gucci, everything, and um, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn to start with. No, but they had the cool. Oh, they looked the part, though. They were cool. What what kind of a class was it? This was a James Gilliland long range school. You don't need knee pads for that. You do not. I can see knee pads if you're doing an unorthodox shooting positions or a carving course where you're down on your knees. I can see that. Really? Are you going to carry knee pads with you all the time? No. Mm-hmm. Be the careful, bad guy. Hold on a minute. Got to get geared up. Got to put the knee pads on, the elbow pads It's on. a silly accessory unless you're really actively moving and shooting and running and gunning and doing some of the silly stuff. Are but you a volleyball player or a shooter? In a long-range class, you're laying on a mat or you are sitting at a bench. This is not a piece of kit that you need. I don't see you need it ever. I can see some of the carbine courses where you have to do egress shooting and work from one position to another. Oh, I can see it. Egress training is for self-defense situations. Or military law enforcement, you gonna wear knee pads? You're yes. gonna you're going into Walmart to go shopping. Shit may happen. Make sure you wear your knee pads. But here's really the, here's good the thing, with though. Spandex. But here's the thing, though. Okay, let, let, let me refute that a little bit because in a hardcore carbine class, I'm gonna wear knee pads because I'm on my knees a lot. You should, you be, should used be used to, to that. that. <laughs> okay, so in in the world of editable sound bites. That's social media gold, right? Yeah, it is, and it's probably going to go into the next intro when I reintroduce it in the the next quarter. But when you're doing this, and you've got to do the same thing ten freaking times, and you've got to go bust down on that one knee ten times, I'm sorry. I'm 44 years old. My knees aren't what they used to be. Build up calluses, sad boy. And On the other side of it, though, you start looking at this type of gear, and... The one thing I think might be overlooked is a good quality set of gloves. Yes. Now, I hate shooting with gloves. I had a pair of shooting gloves for a while. I never use them. I don't like them. You start running a high round count class, and the forehand of that firearm is going to get warm. You're going to wish you had a little bit there. Well, and, and to be fair, I, I mean, most of my rifles aren't super sharp. 
but I still have ones that they're a full pick rail on the front on the fore end that gets sharp. Agreed. Like, again, it's one of those most underrated pieces of kit. But going back to the most ridiculous that you've seen, you said knee pads. That's where I'm at. The, the the one that I've seen and the one I'm going to pick on a little bit here is called the Cool Bore. It is a fan that when you're done shooting, you load this thing into your bolt and you turn it on, and it's supposed to cool down your barrel. And it's a really cute fan, too. You know the ones on the lollipops for children that they push the button? It kind of looks like that. Now, Magneto Speed came out with this thing, and for the bench rest community, it was a novel idea. The idea is to run fresh air across the lands and grooves of a bore that you've run a hot string through. The problem is the thermodynamics aren't there. You're not getting enough cool air to make a difference. Well, and you're and and where I've seen it used, especially like in like I've seen it in the ELR matches, and you shoot a string eight to ten rounds. And it's 45 minutes to an hour before you shoot again. Your bore is cool. Well, the problem with it is, is also that the damage is done. If you look at what you've done by shooting that string of fire, cooling your bore down with the itsy-bitsy little fan is is after the fact. Right. That You've already done the damage. It doesn't matter how fast it cools down at this point. Well, when I when the the first time I came across one, the the guy had set set his rifle next to the tire of his truck, and turned this thing on, and I thought something was wrong with the truck, because I hear this, I'm like, dude, that doesn't sound good, until I come around the corner and I see this big red mass sticking out of his uh, out of his chamber, and I'm looking at this thing going. You're not going to shoot again for like another hour. What are you worried about? Let me guess. The firearm was sitting in the sun in 110 degrees. Is it really helping right now? Oh, no. It was in the shade, and it was actually a relatively cold day for the middle of June. But still. This is a piece of gear that shooters spent money on because the marketing department sold them on the idea. Oh, back to that. Back, back to, to hey, that. you're going to shoot better if you buy our stuff. Mm-hmm. Can we have LED lights on the blades of the fan? Because that'd be cool. They make them. Disco <laughs> in your gun. I like it. No, you, 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 you giggle about that. No, they, they make light kits for them. For your rifle? No, for the fan that goes on your rifle chamber. You're, you're, you're serious? So I'm dead pretty. serious. They, the, the idea is that you can distinguish yours from another one in a dark range. <laughs> that might be good for the uh, the one squad that was all shooting. I, th- I think they were all shooting Shytacks. And where most of us were finishing up 4.30, 5 o'clock that day, that group, for whatever reason, was out on the range until 8.30 p.m. Oof. So golfing par times don't mean anything. Apparently not. Gotcha. Um, I rem- I remember the next day because it, and it it was because of that group, uh, the rain the match director was out in the middle of everybody pushing everybody get done go to the next stage go go go. Um, that day they did again finish like two hours behind everybody else. So just out of curiosity, 
Um, I'm going to bring this back in the track a little bit. Um, we are talking about gear you would take with you and why. Um, I think there's some parallels between the, the shooting sports world and the rodeo world. So when you go to take off and you're going to head down the road and you're going to have to have what you need with you when you get there, what's your top ten list when you take off to go chase a can or two? Well, we have a living quarters trailer, and if you ask my husband, I have everything possible ever want packed in there and people that haul with me or park by me <laughs> they're like Colleen will have it <laughs> at one point my husband was like you don't need to pack that you can buy it there <laughs> what was that I honestly don't even remember so you probably could have bought it there instead oh of absolutely it. It probably, who knows but you had some so you were packing it oh yeah yeah okay checklist before we leave tires oil my gun is it loaded and make sure it's accessible. So she's still taking a firearm on a rodeo adventure. Yeah. Have you seen some of those rodeo oh. men? <laughs> you take a gun. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember that just, world well. Not just the rodeo men, the fans in the stands oh, yeah. get a little bit sure. weird. It's the when you break down or you blow a tire and you're stuck on the side of the road. And you're somewhere where there's no cell phone service. And even if there was... Are you really going to call somebody and be like, oh, come change my tire? So, so you have it so with you while you're changing your tire. Very appropriately, she has taken this topic to, I think it's intended nature. Yes. And not necessarily a, a shooting adventure, but a adventure away from home. You have a very key select set of gear that you're going to take with you. And it all surrounds around being prepared. Wow. You just totally ran this down a different topic. I think it's the same related topic. I think it is, too. Now, there's a difference between being prepared and bringing your freaking teddy bear with you because you need it. Hey. Which is the topic, right? Mine's feather pillows. Well, not feather down. Technically, isn't that the same? Oh, no. The feathers are pokey. The down is, like, soft. Like, if you ever have... Get you a down pillow and get you a feather pillow. You go to lay down, the feathers will poke you. The down's just nice, soft, and squishy. They take the quills out for the down. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. It's a little soft, fluffy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, the feather pillow. Down. Quill, down pillow. Down. down and blanket, pillow. yep. And a fan. Gotta have a fan. Got to sleep with a fan. Didn't we just rip on the fan? But you're using it for white noise, though. Yeah. Just like to say she's not sticking the fan in her chamber. Well, well definitely well, not. Wow. He gets hot and not that hot. Dead silence. The depravity of <laughs> deer shooter. Um, as I turn a shade of gray or pink <laughs> or red or whatever it is, uh, that's a topic we're not talking about, Brandy. We were. Technically. Oh, my God. You guys are impossible. <laughs> I've been told that <laughs> twice today. <laughs> wow. Huh. So, back on topic. All right. <laughs> Take it away. How about oil? Oil. And we're talking about for the... Gun oil. Shooting sports oil. Okay. Yes. Because, hey, how many... And, and I think we've probably said it in just about every episode of Deer Shooter, everything's better with lube. That is my line. That's correct. 
every firearm is going to run better when it's properly looped. Correct. Obviously. Everything runs better when it's properly looped. Even your chamber fan. Every, especially your chamber <laughs> fan. We're going to get right down to it. Um, and you guys listening, go ahead and flood the comments with this because I want to make sure Brandy reads these. But, yes, find something that you think that would be better without a lube. Love to hear about it. So about shooting log? You know, a shooting log is a really handy piece of gear. Um, I, I think a lot of times our ego gets in the way and we don't want to take or think that we don't need to. But the older I get, the more my memory sucks. Mm-hmm. And the further apart my range visits get. So a logbook is really a good idea. I, and I'll admit, like, I'm not the best at keeping one, but I do try to keep one. Especially teaching classes, I when I get back, I, I have a teaching log that I will fill out. You know, here's what we did. Here's who the students were. This was maybe a hiccup that I had, a question that I had that I hadn't had before. Here's how we dealt with it. Maybe we changed something up in the class to accommodate the students that were there. Um, logbook's a thing, and I and I still keep one for every one of my long-range guns. Just, you know, barrel log, zero data, cold bore data. Uh, this stuff will come in handy later. No, I like I think a logbook is very relevant. The problem that I have is I'll remember the logbook, but I'll forget the pen. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like leaving the amulet at home. I know. It's like showing up to work without pants on, but shit, that happens. So keeping a logbook, make sure that you have the actual important data in there because there's a fine line between logbook and this is my diary, Captain Log 393. Well, that didn't work the way I planned. I say that more often than I care to admit. So what else? What, would, what else would you take with you? You've heard from the guy's side of the house. How about you, Brandy? What are you taking? Gun, ammo, preferably my hunting license. Okay. Yeah. All right. License. License. All right. What else? That's about it, because every time I go shooting, it either is in your truck or in my husband's trailer, and I have everything I need in either one, so I don't... So really you, you rely on us? Yeah, right now. I don't have a logbook. You don't have one, or you refuse to take one? I don't care to have one. You don't care to have one. Interesting. Maybe she always forgets her pin. It's my problem. She's probably angry at me because if she had a logbook, she wouldn't have a pen because I'm responsible for bringing the pen. <laughs> and the elk donuts. You can't go elk hunting without the donuts. Nothing like fake donuts with that really fake plastic chocolate on the outside. You can't get an elk if you don't eat those first. I'll tell you right now. You show up to the, the vehicle and we're going elk hunting without the donuts, you're not seeing elk that day. Oh, my sister. I won't say which one. You have to have white powdered fake donuts before your barrel race. So it's not okay, just a hunting it's, it's universal. Interesting. Because if, if we don't take the little plastically chocolate donuts from Little Debbie, yeah. right? you're not they seeing were elk that day. You are not seeing them. Why is Hostess and Little Debbie not 
working this into their marketing. They're crazy not to. But so yeah. yours is powdered sugar for barrel racing. Yep. No, she wouldn't tell me why. There's got to be a consequence for not. Absolutely. But it's it's a must. It's like a deal breaker. I have seen some barrel races where the rider ends up underneath the horse on the way around. I'm assuming they did not eat the donut. Interesting. I'd be curious to find out why. I mean, I know when you're elk hunting, if you don't have the chocolate donuts, you're not going to see elk. It's just that simple. Maybe that's my problem. Going to have to start eating powdered donuts at barrel races, chocolate donuts when I elk hunt. Uh-huh. It's a thing. So we, we always had a superstition. Um when I was kayaking a lot, if if you swam, like if you came out of your boat and you had to swim, you had to do a booty beer, meaning you had to take your river booty off, pour a beer into it, and drink that beer out of your river booty. To appease the river gods. Yes, you had to appease the river, bo- river gods. And I saw a guy one time, and he didn't do it. He uh, He swam, lost a $400 paddle, and a guy, the next town over, found his paddle, would not give it back to him because he didn't do his booty beer. And the guy that took his paddle knew this. I don't know if he did or not. I think he did because he was a rafter, so he kind of he, he, he watched knew. this all happen. I'm sure. And no, he didn't know. Really? No, because no, no, this was one of those things we had done a night float, and he he lost it. I mean, it was middle of the night, and we were cold and tired, and it was dark, and we weren't chasing it. When it got found, and that was the other rule, too. If somebody finds your gear, you offer them a case of beer to get it back. That's a fair rule. Um, But he refused to do the booty beer, and consequences followed. So there are traditions and superstitions that sometimes you follow. That slightly changes the topic a little bit back another way, though. Um, what piece of gear do you take that's a superstition? Do you have a lucky sock? Do you have a lucky hat? I always have a challenge coin in my pocket. Challenge. Uh, see, I have the same thing. I have a challenge coin in my pocket. And it's sentimental because it was given to me by somebody that I highly respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was given to me. It's not one of mine. Right, right. right. Um, so, yeah, I, I take something very sentimental with me as well. Uh, but the, the chocolate donuts while you're elk hunting, that's more of a superstition thing. Right. You know, that I'm learning that the, the powdered donuts is a rodeo superstition. Apparently, to some people. Well, barrel racing, I'd be interested to find out the other parts of rodeo, what they do. Interesting. You do not wear yellow. Yellow. Interesting. Don't wear yellow. Bad luck. Really? Yep. Interesting. I don't know if there's a color for us that's bad luck. I don't think so. If there is, I don't know it. Fester did wear pink paisleys once. He killed everything he pointed his gun out that day. Okay, so not bad luck, just bad taste. No, he could show up in a bathrobe and shoot whatever he wants. He's just one of those guys. I don't need to see that. Nobody needs to see that. I'm just saying he could do it. I have... Gone and done and, and chewed enough dirt with that guy to know that some of the stories you hear, um, you would absolutely claim are bullshit until you were spend a few minutes with him and go and do and you watch some of this stuff happen. 
Um, just real simple story, real quick. One day we were we were at the range and we were playing around at a thousand yards, six five, two eighty fours. Um, we used to shoot them a lot, and it became four thirty in the afternoon, time to go hunting. So we spooled up, drove over to a, a farm that we had some permission on, and sure enough, there is the herd of deer out on the alfalfa pivot and relatively easy targets. I was up first. I made the critical mistake of playing at a thousand yards all day and not dialing my scope back. And so I airball over top of this girl at 350 yards. So since I missed, it was now Lance's turn. He lays down behind his rifle and then jumps up like something bit him in the ass. Looks in his pocket, in his shirt pocket, lays back down behind the rifle, shoots one time. We go out across the pivot, and there are two deer laying there. He had two doe tags in his pocket. So he verified that he had both tags with him before he squeezed the trigger one time and knocked both deer over with one bullet. Had I not watched him do it, I'd have yelled bullshit on that story. But he did that crap on purpose. Resources. Utilize the resources. Yep. This is the same guy that dropped an antelope at a mile in front of Game and Fish. That's correct. This guy does crazy, ridiculous stuff on demand pretty much all the time. He's the guy that if the things are out of range from what he's used to, he's like, dial your scope down to six and yell shit. Yes. And it works. He doesn't miss. He's just one of those guys. He will take with him his rifle, two rounds of ammunition, and his ugly sweater. Hey, it's not that ugly. It was made for him. Yeah, agreed, but that's what he takes. That's it. And then, I mean, I mean, that's it. He doesn't take anything else. He knows his, his boy that hunts with him is going to have a set of binoculars and look for him. He doesn't take anything. He's a minimalist. He takes Bloody Marys. Only when we're hunting at a party. Those are good Bloody Marys, though. So, what, yeah. ab- so what about you? What, do you carry anything for superstition or good luck? Nope. I do have my Baby Yoda magazine, I suppose, for my Six Creed. There you go. That's what we're talking There it is. Got to use the Force every now and then. And it works for you. It does. Because I've seen you shoot without that magazine, and you're lost without it. And I actually, I don't know if lost is the right word. Maybe mad. Probably just mad because I still hit it. Usually. Angrily. Seems to ring louder. All right, so what is the piece of gear that you have that you just consistently leave at home? My kids. You calling your kids gear? My dog. He was really good the first time we took him hunting. Dylan was great. He wore his little orange vest. He was so proud. We got the antelope down, and he was going to help us drag it. But he was going the other direction. He's very directionally challenged, that one. But he was proud. But seriously, though, I mean, we talk about all the stuff we're going to take, right? You've got it. You use it every now and then. But what is the one thing you just leave at home? I mean, you always leave the bigger stuff. Your armor's tools. All right, all right. For me, it's my big behemoth spotting scope. I never take it. No, I don't either. I, I've got one that's bordering on a telescope as far as, you know, 
optical and magnification and the whole thing, but I won't use it in the field. It's too heavy to pack around, especially if you're hunting. Right. Right. How about you, Colleen? What do you leave at home? A bad attitude. Ah, okay. All right. I mean, attitude's a tool. Make no mistake about it, especially if you're a competitor. So a bad attitude, leave that at home. That's really good advice. Thanks. What are you bad about forgetting? That you know you need, but you always seem to forget it. In the middle of winter, I forget that you should not wear blue jeans. You should wear waterproof pants. Range-appropriate clothing. Range-appropriate clothing, yeah. Forgetting. I had a friend who was running late to a bar race, forgot to load her horse up in the trailer, got to the barrels, ran up, paid her fees, got back down there, went to unload her horse. No horse. Oh, no. Yeah. Thank God it was a close one, but yeah. She could run home and get the horse and be back in time? Yep. Wow. Lucky. Really lucky. We had a friend that he, he really wanted to go do this shoot, and he really got all prepared, and he shot, and he practiced up, and cleaned his rifle the night before and threw everything in the case and took off and he gets seven hours from home opens his case to show it off because he's really proud of everything and there's no bolt in the gun and there was no going back for it i mean he was stuck (laughs) so he ended up borrowing a gun and ended up going through the shoot anyway but boy that was a tough one for him because he forgot the bolt. Staples. I am horrible about forgetting staples. I am too. I, I end up using duct tape a lot because I've always got a rule of that. But you're right. Staples is one of those things that I just never think about it. And if I've got staples, I don't have the gun. But if I've got this gun, I never have staples. Right. you got what's in the gun, and that's usually that, half, a, half a roll of staples, and that you're done. And I, I'm not too proud to admit that, that I have taken cactus apart and used the the tines before to stick stuff to a backer. I haven't done that yet. Oh, I'm, yeah, I've done it. So at the hospital, when you have big cuts now, they have like the little the staple gun uh-huh. instead of stitches. My little brother's traveling partner had gotten kicked in the head, bucked off, kicked in the head. And they got out of the emergency room, all that, and he stapled up. And they made sure they got the gun. So if one of them got kicked again or whatever, they could just clean it up and staple themselves up. Uh, a medical staple gun, is that something that somebody can run without too much training? Oh, yeah. Hmm. All right, then. That might be something to consider. Yeah. I could so staple so many things. Right? It has to be an injury first, lady. I'll injure it first. It's fine. That could be arranged. <laughs> wow. Kind of scary. Medical staples. I've never heard of somebody letting you take off out of the ER with one of those. Because they're out, they like a one-use thing. Right. They're all plastic, so, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you paid asked. for it, so you yeah. might as well take it. Yeah. Right? Back to med kit. Always back to med kit. I carry one on my ankle, so I well, always have med. Well, I mean, let's talk about med kit for a second. How often do you got to go through that stuff? I typically go through it about every six months. Like really go through it or just kind of casually, eh, I used that last time, I need to replace it? No. Well, if it needs replaced, the whole thing goes through. Uh, it, it 
just make sure none of the packaging is damaged. With a trauma kit like what we're carrying at the range, it it's not like medication that expires. Now, they have expiration dates on it, but that's because of the packaging, not necessarily what's in it. So my chest seals are still good. Should be, yeah. You're going to get seven, eight years probably. Oh, then they're good. Yeah. Um, Do you guys and, have super glue in your yep. med kits? Yep. Liquid sutures, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's... The stuff that I have now, it, they, they, they call it like liquid bandage, and it, it looks like a nail polish bottle. And you, you pull this stuff out, and it, and it has like a little nail, nail polish brush thing, and it stings like a son of a bitch. Well, the super glue doesn't feel good anyway, um, but it was designed specifically for sutures. Yes. Works great. Sucks. It's horrible. Sterilizes it. Hmm. Alcohol content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, but it still sucks being put on. Now, it beats sitting there and letting somebody stitch you. Absolutely. But it still sucks. Depends on how cold it is. If it's cold enough and you can numb it, it's not so bad. Well, that's true. Usually when I cut myself, it's not cold outside. So when you see students come to your classes, what do you see them bringing? Typically nothing. When they show up to my class, they're expecting me to provide everything. Um, I'm lucky to get them to understand that EarPro is a thing. A lot of times I'm providing that as well. So nobody reads the gear list. You send it out in advance, and you're having this communication moment with your student, and you think that everything's on the same even keel until they show up, and they're like, I have nothing. That's supposed to be a self-correcting problem, right? I get that, but then we're scrambling around and we're spending time that we should be teaching, outfitting the students the stuff they should already have. Right. It's, I get the self-correcting problem thing, and thank you, Rob Pincus, that makes me nuts. But they're coming to a professional training environment, and you've given them a gear list in advance that they're supposed to show up with because it's supposed to fast-track the education piece. Right. And they show up with nothing. Um, and you're not going to berate them. You're not going to do anything other than just fix the problem. And so as an instructor, you have to be prepared to fix that problem times 10 or 12. Right. So, you know, my shooting shack or, you know, bag that I take to the range has everything in it, including the kitchen sink most of the time. In bulk. In bulk. That's right. And... uh, to be fair, I mean, I, I'll put out a gear list for, for my classes, but I keep it pretty minimalist. Like, here's the basics that you need because my attitude on it is I would rather a student show up with not enough or not maybe not the right gear or whatever, but just the basics to get them through the class. Try out the stuff that we have to demo, to, hey, look through this scope try this rifle, try this back bag, try what, you know, whatever the gear is, because then they can go and make a more intelligent decision when they go to decide to buy this stuff than show up with the kitchen sink, but have it all be wrong. They have a big duffel bag. They stopped at the store on the way to class, and they come there to unload their baggage. I've seen it happen. And... To the extent that I've seen guys in carbine classes that show up with a rifle that's loaded down with so much crap because 
hey, I have a pick rail. I'm going to put this on there. By the first reload break, they're over at tailgate down on their truck and they're tearing all this stuff off because there's so much crap on it. The the rifle won't even cycle because there's just too much weight. Come on, you need the can opener on the side of the gun just in case. I might. The motorized one. Aquarium bubbler, you know, uh, I've I've seen some pretty ridiculous stuff hooked onto an AR. That's another podcast all in itself. It is. Barbies for men. It is. It totally is. Now, I, I, I will go ahead and let the world know that you've come a long ways. You have. From the first time I met you, you were the biggest gear queer I ever met. I'm still. I still am. I um, like the gear. I, I swear to God, I, you might have been an e-pad wearing son of a bitch at a long range class. But you've come a long ways, and you boiled it down to the necessities. Still wearing e-pads. <laughs> well, use them if you got them. Hey. You know what? If I can get ahead in class, anyway, I can. That's why there's no calluses. Get ahead, not give ahead. Oh, I didn't get that memo. There's a distinction there. <laughs> <laughs> this coming from the woman that has the Uno. Okay, the Uno bag, that is one. One bag. I take one bag. It's Italian for one. One. Of course it is. Have you not seen the ad? It's three feet cubed. And what would I need any other bag for at this point? No, you can sleep on it. Exactly. It's called being prepared. It'll do damn near anything. You're right. It will, and and I and I I think Jason is still a little butthurt that I actually got one. Yeah, so I, I'm friends with the folks over at Armageddon Gear, and they they put out the Uno bag video as a kind of a gag. Funny, haha! And I tried to order one. I got a sharp phone call, and I was told to stop it. <laughs> Fast forward a year later, Jason Crotto orders one, and his shows up in the mail. Don't go out. They did take your money. Oh, they did. Yeah, uh, you you got one, <laughs> <laughs> and it got promptly claimed. It's mine. It is, and you have actually shot off of it several times. Dang near won the competition at the Whittington Center with it. Yes. Now, to be fair, I think it was I think it was Pincus that, that actually said, you know, this is how socialism starts. Okay, he said I was cheating. The rules were it had to be a pistol. It was an AR-15 pistol. It was a pistol. You didn't we shoulder it? To, I didn't shoulder it. It is a pistol. It was chambered at 9mm. And we only had a certain amount of rounds. Those were the rules. She complied with all the rules. I am a little more creative than the rest of y'all. That is it. Now, I will say that she got awfully close that year, and she did run the longest barrel on the range. Yeah. Gotta like them long. (laughs) (laughs) So, full circle, taking stuff to the range. We've talked about what you do take. We've talked a little bit about what you don't take. What do you expect the range to have for you? I don't think you should expect them to really have anything. I mean, some ranges are full service, and some ranges are just, like, in the middle of nowhere, especially here in Wyoming. It's all like, here's your shack. Sign in. What caliber is it? That's what you have. There should be no expectations. Unless you're paying a membership, there are no expectations for that range. That's a really good answer. I expect one thing and one thing only, 
if I'm going to arrange. And that is a safe backstop. Fair enough. Those are valid things. So what, and so another podcast, you might write this down, is what constitutes in a shooting range versus someplace out on public land we plink at. Right. I've never gone shooting at a shooting range. Growing Not up in once. the country, no. Going like growing up in the country, like you made sure something had a safe backstop, like into a bank, whatever. I mean, that was your own target. So no, I've never shot at a shooting range. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We may have to fix that. We do need to fix that. Well, I guess this would be the opportune time for our host to wrap up the conversation. Wrap it. So think about this, guys. When you go to the range, what is your absolute necessities that you need to take with you? Tools to keep your keep your guns running, ammunition. You got to take your firearms, of course. Don't forget the med gear. Don't forget the staples. Don't forget the bolt. Don't forget the bolt. What we're talking about, guys, is is create that list, create that mental list, create that range bag that you know everything that you need to go and shoot is in there. And if you are shooting in a different context, maybe you're in a training class, maybe you're hunting, make sure that those other accessories that you need are with you. But don't pack the stuff you don't need. Be very judicious in your gear selection. There's so much traps from marketing departments out there where you can take too much. Well, I think it all goes back to the fact that just because you have the gear doesn't make you a better shooter. Correct. What if you took all that stuff to the shooting range, per se, you were going to take hunting, and so when you got out of the vehicle, you packed all of it with you to where you were going to shoot from. How much of that do you really need? Very, very little. Right. And I think I think we all get caught up in that trap of, hey, it's cool. I'm going to take it with me. Um, but it goes back to it, it's military doctrine. And, and back in my high altitude climbing days, you know, look, ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain. If you take too much gear, you're just packing it around for show. Right. So if, decide what your wants are versus what your needs are. And that'll help you with the gear list quite a bit. Figure out what you need. Dump what you don't. We'll see you next week on Deer Shooter.